0: Welcome to another episode of The Mass Burgers. Hello. It's... Uh, <clears throat> mm. Yeah. What are you looking at? I don't want to know the time. Well, I, you
1: said it's. Yeah. And actually, I, I was looking at the date. It is September.
0: Yeah, so... <laughs> <laughs> what is September? We don't normally do the date in the month in this No, thing. but
1: you went it's, and I thought you were going to say, I don't know...
0: So, anything new with you?
1: Uh, no.
0: Nothing? Nothing. Nothing at all?
1: Not that I can think of, unless you can think of anything.
0: No, nothing. Can't think of anything. There's nothing been happening to either of us this week. No. Um, nothing I can think of anyway. But if been a few, like, autistic bits come up, but nothing major. Uh... I don't know, I feel like it's uh just the people that start conversations with mentioning they're autistic first. It's always one of those things that I always want to like um get awareness out there and you know make it more acceptable and make people realize that autism is something that's you know out there, but then equally, a lot of people use it in ways that I don't feel like needs to be mentioned or said. Uh, just a odd thing. I've just had a lot of people just randomly either say that they were autistic all of a sudden, like first thing they said, or um they mention somebody else they knows autism when it's not relevant to the conversation. Uh I heard someone talk to somebody about I think I was in a supermarket or something, or I was in a shop or somewhere. And I heard someone say something along the lines of, uh, oh they can't remember where they keep their receipts. And the other person went, Oh yeah, well if you've got a cork board, just uh just stick it on there. That's what I do with my receipts so I don't lose them. And then the other person was like, oh, yeah, my um, like housemate or something has got autism, he's got a corkboard that he has to have all his routines. And then he just went into, like, an explanation of his routines and his corkboard board and how he does things for the day. And I just thought that didn't need to be said. Like, the reply could have just been, uh, yeah, I've got a corkboard at home. I'll do that. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I don't know. It's always one of those things that I, for some reason, I don't know, I... I always find it weird when people mention it um, for no reason. Because I guess I don't use mine or mention mine unless it's relevant. Um, but, I don't know, for some reason when people mention it when it's nowhere near, like, relevant to the conversation they're having or it doesn't need to be brought up and then it's brought up. I don't know, for some reason I always feel odd.
1: It's kind of like a bit of a trigger for you, Yeah, I think. You, you definitely feel kind of a certain way about it, and I'm not sure why. I think it's something to do with your autism, maybe.
0: Yeah, I sometimes try and work out it's because... Maybe because people are doing stuff... I mean, obviously, everybody that listens to this knows that I've got issues with... um, I guess being diagnosed late and not being noticed by various systems and that kind of thing. So it could just be an annoyance thing when I'm hearing people now say, oh, I've got a system for my autism that I've been using for years or, you know, oh, you know, my, my child's got autism. So we do this or, um,
1: yeah, maybe it's like a bit of a, almost like envy,
0: I guess, or yeah, it could be something like that. I don't know. Uh, like one of the ones that. Annoyed me this week was a uh, father of an autistic kid came into um, where I work and was just like, I need a phone for my autistic son. And I just thought, you could just say a phone for your son. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, there isn't like a yeah. phone for autistic people, they're all the same. Um, but yeah, the, initially I heard him say it and I very loudly just went, ugh, like that, like really loudly. Um, even where I noticed it, I know you say sometimes that I say stuff. And you think that like my volume is a bit too loud and yeah. they definitely heard me. But I did that and just thought, Oh, that was a bit loud to me. Um, just because uh like he came in and he, he shouted it like from halfway across the shop floor at the people behind the counter. I need a phone for my autistic son and I just thought like I dunno, I don't know. Like he said it's probably like a weird thing for me, but um I get odd about people that just say it. And I think it's got like something to do with like last week's episode i suppose uh, about hiding your disability a lot of people that listened to last week's episode said that they um thought that it wasn't really a disability having autism or asd it's just the social constructs of the way the world works make it a disability yeah um and i think that's where some of my issue is with it as well is i don't see it as a thing but sometimes i hear people talking about it that don't have it, but know of it, and they talk about it in this really like negative, you know it's a struggle, it's really hard, you know it's this, that, and the other, and i I just kind of think like, yeah, is it though, <laughs> like you know it is, but not the way they're talking about it, you know,
1: yeah, I think it's um, I can't speak for everyone, but for me, it's not a struggle because I'm upset that I've got it i or um because. Yeah, you know, like, sometimes people think, like, oh, for a lot of people on the spectrum, maybe emotions are felt differently. So, for example, for you, you don't really have happy or sad. You just have neutral or angry. And for me, um, I don't really have, like, affection. I'm not super affectionate and sort of things like that. And I think for... Sometimes I hear people um, describe that not lack of emotion but potential. potentially for some people on the spectrum they have less emotions describe that as being like sad and they feel sorry for not having that but like for me I don't I don't care because they don't have it the things that make um being on the spectrum more difficult are yeah it's just social norms that I therefore don't fit into that expected box I suppose But it's not because I feel bad that I've got it. I just, uh, I don't like the fact that um, I don't quite fit in. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean.
1: Like, I wouldn't change me. (laughs) If If I could make things easier for myself being on the spectrum, I wouldn't get rid of my Asperger's. I would change the world's expectations or social norms. Yeah. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I I think that's like one of my issues with it is um, I, it's when people explain autism to somebody that doesn't have autism, but they explain it in a really general like way. Um, But really what they do is they're explaining the person that they know and how their autism affects them. But then they explain it to someone that doesn't really know what autism is. And they don't say that it's different or that it's unique to each person and everybody that has it it affects them differently what they do is they just say they've got autism and because of autism that means they can't do this uh, and I think that's like one of my things with it a similar thing happened I was listening to um, <clears throat> like a talk radio station on Friday and they were covering the climate crisis thing and the strikes and obviously Greta Thunberg's been everywhere um, and they, refl- they were trying to decide like they were- the conversation was about how she's able to in a year have people protest and have like people around the world and how she's able to make such a big impact um on everything with her climate change talks um and how it's never happened before because they were naming things like you always find something out in their past you know like where it turns out that they've um it's like emma thompson you know like she went to that extinction rebellion like March, but she flew there. So the second they found out she flew there, they were all like, oh, she used a plane, you know, she's no good, she's a hypocrite, that kind of thing. But with Greta, apparently it's really hard to find anything to pin on her to sort of, like, invalidate her arguments. Um, Obviously, there's been some people that have said that her behaviour is like she's been indoctrinated by a cult when she does talks, but that's because you can visibly see some of her, like, Asperger ticks when she's on telly and when there's, when there's like massive crowds in front of her screaming and, you know, cheering, yeah. you can see that she's getting uncomfortable and it's just the noise and the situation, but she's staying in front of there. But I've seen people mention that, like she's visibly disturbed, somebody referred to it. And that's just nasty people that are trying to discredit the fact that she's trying to do something for the planet because, you know, they're most likely backed by like fossil fuel companies <laughs> and that kind of thing. That is literally what they said. The guy that, no, that's not me. Really, like conspiracy theory. The yeah. guy that said it works for a fossil fuel company. Right, okay. Like, he genuinely works for it. It's not like it's uh yeah, yeah, It's not like he, he actually works for a company when everyone was like, this is a blatant... Whatever, anyway. So then they started talking about maybe the reason that she doesn't get bothered or get upset or the reason that she can't take... You know, she can just absorb the criticism from people is because she's got Asperger's. But this guy that was doing the show just kept going, I don't know much about Asperger's, but maybe that's the reason why. And I just thought, well, if you don't know... Why, why are you trying to link it? Why are you trying to bring it in there? He kept saying stuff. He kept saying like, well, maybe because of Asperger's, she can do this. Or maybe because of Asperger's, this is why this doesn't affect her. And then he kept going, but I know nothing about Asperger's and it's not really that kind of thing. And, um, you know, so it might be that, it might not. And I just thought like, that was getting me annoyed. And yeah. then and after a bit, they were like, oh, we're going to bring a, a caller on that's got a friend who knows somebody with Asperger's. And I just turned it off because I was just like, I'm not listening to this friend like <laughs> give their version on what they think's happening to their friend as well. So I was a little bit like, uh, no, I'm out. Uh, so, yeah, that's just uh, I know this has been a long <laughs> segue, but yeah, it's just uh, it's a thing. I don't know why it bothers me so much.
1: No, it's definitely something that gets to you um, more than me, I would say. Not that I'm. You know there are things that irritate me, but i I think you've definitely got a bit of a
0: i think it's because um I, like you said it 's because I went so long undiagnosed it 's because my autism is not stereotypically what people think it is, yeah, and so I think I hate um people describing it in a way that could be relevant to other people but is well, maybe not hate, but um it, no one really ever describes autism in a way that's i would say how I recognise it and so I feel like if it keeps going out there with this information it only gets some people recognised and not others uh, I think I just don't like the
1: well I think it's not like the the problem is people don't specify that it's different for everyone I think that's the main thing like you can certainly name traits of people on the spectrum, but I think it's important to note that it won't be the same for everyone and things that can be traits for one person can definitely not be traits for another.
0: Oh yeah. And I'm also not saying that, um, you can't understand somebody else's autism if you're not autistic. Like there's obviously parents of autistic children that fully get how it works. Um, I've heard loads of parents talk about the autistic child and they explained it in a way that I just think, yeah, totally. That is how that works. Um, So, like, it's not even like you have to have autism to understand autism. Um, You have to have autism, obviously, to experience autism, but um, you can totally get how other people's autism works because, obviously, my autism is different to yours, but I understand how it works for you. I mean, I know that's kind of weird because I've just said that you don't have to have it, but, like, yours is not the same as mine, but I recognise stuff that would affect you that's not... uh, that wouldn't affect me. Um, we went to like a horror festival thing, like screening yesterday. Where well, it was a festival. Uh, it was like Saturday night and all day. I mean, Friday night and all day yesterday. Yeah. Uh, and they played Suspiria on the first night and the volume that they had it at because it's like a four track sound and they used like the original print. Like uh, I actually heard the guy that screened it after my old lecturer. I heard him say, uh... Like that he could see people with fingers in their ears while it was on and when it started it was loud and the whole time I normally I just sit through it and think this is fine because like yeah. super loud noise doesn't really affect me that much if it's consistent so I can't deal with loads of noises all at the same time, but I can deal with one thing so one loud movie no problem yeah like if you had like five loud movies on at the same time I'd have an issue yeah but one loud movie at the same time no problem and um, but the whole time I kept thinking like Oh, God, how's uh, Scarlet going to cope with this? <laughs> like, you got through it fine. Like, I kept che- looking over at you. I kept checking. I think I did keep, like, nudging you and being like, you are all right? You're yeah. Right? Like, just to make sure, because I recognised that it might be an issue for you, and I suggested maybe bring in your noise-cancelling headphones for the second day of the festival in case all the movies were played at that volume. But I think Suspiria was, it was much louder than yeah. the other one, so it turned out that that wasn't a, a thing. But I did think about it um, in general.
1: Uh, yeah Yeah. Um I was alright with it except for the fact that there was <laughs> I mean prior to the movie being played, the um person that sort of spoke about the movie did say this film is a sensory overload and I thought oh <laughs> You <laughs> <Well, laughs> did turn
0: to me and go oh. yeah. <laughs> Um
1: obviously that wasn't referring to autism at all, he was just describing the film. Um and it was and and it turned out that when I'm (laughs) faced with so much sensory um because visually it was I mean it was crazy it's really there was just a lot to stimulate your senses in terms of noise and visual just the the decor was oh it was just insane it was it was amazing but it turns out I can I can deal with that, but I couldn't tell you what happened in the film at all. At all. Just completely lost the... Like, whatever was going on with the characters, I guess my brain was just too focused on the sound and the decor of the rooms that I almost completely blocked the characters out.
0: <laughs>
1: so, it was interesting. I've never got, come out of a film quite so astounded at how little i took in but i liked it i definitely enjoyed it just probably not for the same reasons as <laughs> as what you're supposed to enjoy it for yeah
0: yeah i think so
1: um but yes moving on. oh we're gonna put some pictures up from yeah
0: from uh, the thing from yesterday we only got like a couple but we'll uh we'll load them up but yeah, yeah. Uh, moving on to this week's topic it's a topic decided by you yeah um Obviously, it's one of the things that you're big into. Yeah. Uh, but also, I feel like it, it is quite uh, relevant, I suppose. So, the topic is going to be um, to do with food and exercise in general. But bigger starting with food. Food, for those on the spectrum, It's one of those bigger things that you always see on social media. About um people that have like autistic children, because uh, I think that's where it starts, and autistic children, a lot of autistic children it's a common trait will only eat the same meal over and over again uh you've talked about um things you used to do as a child um like was it I could be wrong here actually, but is it you that didn't like sauce on stuff or yes. things to touch
1: yeah, so I was um and also just really specific with what I would eat and would not eat. Um, I was a very fussy eater, which I know is quite common in sort of all children to an extent, but, you know, I think a lot of it for me definitely linked to my autism and just, yeah, I didn't, I didn't like things with too much flavor. Um, I liked things to be quite plain. Mm. Uh, I didn't like things my plate touching. Um, and like, like an example, the first time I had a burger, which was, quite late in life I would say for I guess like my family would always try and get me to eat them and I'd be like no I don't want that um obviously this was pre-vegan but um the first time I did eat one was when I was so desperate for food because I wouldn't eat any of the sort of pre-made sandwiches in any of the shops or wraps or anything like that so my dad took me to Burger King and he He was like, well, I'll buy you a burger. And I got it with no sauce, no salad, no cheese, just a burger patty and a bun. And I didn't have the top part of the bun because it had seeds on. So it was just like basically a bit of meat on bread below it. Um, Because I was really, really fussy about what I'd eat. And I think... So I think that is a common trait for people on the spectrum. Obviously not for everyone, but yeah. Sorry, I just thought...
0: No, um, it is one of the ones that comes up. Obviously there's a lot of people... I've seen like these um, special like plates you can buy on Amazon that are kind of like the plates, trays you get on like airplane food or... uh, Oh
1: yeah, sort of dividers. Yeah, I've seen people that have
0: those so they don't have food touch. You know, there's a big thing for... Those on the spectrum not liking food touch. I used to be a bit like that when I was younger is, you know, like how some people will eat something and then put several different elements of that meal onto their fork and eat it all at the same time to have like the combination of all of it. I only like to eat bits in segments. So I will always eat my dinner um, if there's multiple things. So say there's like potatoes and then like carrots and then whatever i'll decide what order i'm going to eat them in and then eat them as one thing at a time yeah so eat all the potatoes first then move on to the carrots and then i do that uh i can't dip in and out of uh different ones so i can't be like oh a bit of this now then a bit of this then i'll move on to this one and then do that or i'll combine the beans with this i can't do that i'll only eat bits in stages i'll only eat yeah one bit at a time what
1: no i know you do that it's funny What's quite interesting with you, something that I noticed, is, is if we're doing food together and I don't cook very often, but if I cook um, something for you, it depends on how I've put it on the plate as to how you'll eat it because sometimes I put things separate. Um, for example, if I'm doing rice and vegetables and in when I used to live in my old flat... Mm. Um, I used to do this for you when you came round. Sometimes I'd do rice sort of as half the plate and vegetables as the other half um, and you'd eat them separately. Yeah. But sometimes I'd mix it. So I'd put like rice over the whole plate and then veg just all over the top and then you'd eat it as a mixed thing. But it, for you, it's it's sort of dependent on how it's been. Yeah, I don't,
0: I don't mind mixed food. It's not like I won't eat stuff that's mixed. It's just I won't mix it. Yeah, um, I'll only eat it the way it is on the plate, like you've said. Uh, it also makes me judge other people when they eat because it's hard to tell where they're at with their eating. You know, like if I'm eating something with someone and I'm trying to work out like roughly when they'll be done. <laughs> if they're eating it all over the place and like erratic in their order, it's hard to tell if they're nearly finished, not nearly finished. If um, I use it as a way to tell and I decide what order to eat things in but I can't just eat half of one bit and then move on to something else and think oh I'll save a bit of that later uh I can't do it I I've noticed as well with me the difference I guess is um I've noticed a sensory thing with me um I used to be a lot heavier than I am now uh back when I was in my early 20s and I've realized that I had a sensory issue with things that I like the taste of or texture of um because my responses to stuff are quite limited. So like we've talked about like my emotional range and uh, the things I get enjoyment from. Yeah. Or that kind of thing. Certain foods I really like the taste of or the texture of. Yeah. Um, and because of that, I will consistently eat it over and over again if I've got it. So if you get me something that I'm a big fan of and loads <laughs> of it, I will keep eating it because it's there. Um even if I'm full, even if it's starting to become a little bit painful to continue eating them, I will continue to eat them if they're there. Because there's something about the texture or the taste or whatever that I really enjoy, which I think is a similar thing to those that only eat the same thing over and over again. I know there's a lot of people like, uh, I see a lot of parents on social media talking about how their kids will only eat like chicken nuggets and chips and that's all they'll eat nightly and if you try and give them anything else they'll have a meltdown and they won't eat it and they'll go like days without food if you don't give them the same thing uh and then you'll see parents that like my son tried this for the first time ever no arguments no meltdowns i didn't have to trick him into eating it he just ate it off his own back and there's like this big like celebration about how big a deal that is which
1: i can totally understand because that was me if i ate something even if i just tried a mouthful of something when i was younger that was a bit that was something that I never ate before like for example the first time I tried a bit of pizza that it was a big deal like everyone in my family was like well done yeah like you've achieved something
0: but like obviously if anybody else like if an NT person just had a bit of pizza for the first time you wouldn't even realize um I don't even remember eating most of the stuff I don't remember the first time I'd ever tried it I can't remember the first time I ever had pizza couldn't tell you what it was um same with when you were like burgers like I couldn't tell you the first time I had a burger I don't know when that happened
1: for me like I can I can remember a lot of times the first time I had things
0: but yeah like I have like I say I have the sensory problem of if something tastes good or I like it I will just keep eating it over and over again if it's there if it's available (laughs) Uh, and because of that I think like when I lived with my mom still when I was like you know when your parents make all your meals for you and they buy all the food for the house feel like my weight was controllable at that point. But it's when I started making my own money yeah. and being able to buy my own things. That's when I had a problem because I realized I could just get the things I liked. And then obviously when you go to shops uh, to get things on lunch when I was like working or at school, uh, well, college, you just think I really like them. Like it, it's wrong when I think about it. But there was a shop down the road from where my college was that made these huge French baguettes, uh, like huge they were, like, bigger than, like, the foot-long subs that you get at Subway. Wow. And I used to have one of them with just bacon in it. Like, because this they used to make the bacon. But the bacon they did was weird. The way they made it was bizarre that it didn't taste like bacon. I, like, I, bacon for me has always been something I'm not too... I mean, I don't eat it at all now. But, like, when I used to eat meat, um, it was one of those ones that I never really liked. But there was something about this person's bacon that didn't <laughs> taste like a regular bacon but I couldn't figure out what it was and I found them place by mistake somebody that I knew said it was a really weird it was like a convenience store was, you know like a corner shop yeah but it had like a deli bit in the back of it which I'd never seen before yeah that is it is weird yeah. I don't think it still exists and anyway because of that I used to eat one of these rolls daily because yes. I liked how much it was and it was hideous when I think about it now because the stuff like the size of it and what it was but that's when I first started like getting my own money. And I did that for like a month where yeah. I just kept eating the same thing To the bit where I was just like, I need to stop. Stop it. Stop going there. Stop yeah. doing it. But then I replaced it with something else that became my routine thing to eat. And that's the trouble is you get a routine in place of food and then you pick a food that you really like. And, you know, the trouble is, is your brain's autistic, but your body for the most part works the same way as everybody else's body would work. So yeah. you can't just keep piling stuff like that into it and having it be okay but it's, it's i'm still the same now like even though i have do you know what i mean like i've i've got older i've matured you know i've been able to buy my own food for a long time now you know i decide my own diets it's still the same like if you buy like a pack of ginger biscuits and put them in front of me <laughs> yeah i will eat the whole pack of ginger biscuits so like the way i lost weight initially was to not try and, like... Because my willpower for this kind of thing is... It's not even willpower. Like, willpower for me is not... is not the same. I feel like willpower for those on the spectrum, it's it's not the same as willpower for those that aren't on the spectrum. Because willpower for an NT as I understand it is you just have to like will yourself into not doing something you've got to stay strong you've got to do stuff you've just got to not do it you know like people that try and quit smoking drinking that kind of thing like yeah. just don't have a cigarette don't think about smoking don't do this but I feel like when you're on the spectrum that's almost impossible to not do if your routine is to smoke at a certain point in the day it's worse if you're autistic. Because say you have set times of the day where you'll have a cigarette. Yeah. You have to have a cigarette at that set time of day, and if you don't have the cigarette at that time of day, it messes up all kinds of stuff that it wouldn't normally. I feel for NT people when they don't have the cigarette at the time they're supposed to. They get like agitated yeah. and they start getting like um, anxious and weird because you know they're like, "Oh, I could do with a cigarette. I really want a cigarette," and the cravings come in. But for us, it's the same as like uh, when something in your routine doesn't happen. That's not like that at all. Just something doesn't happen. You just end up like thinking about it. I should have done this. I didn't do this. Why didn't I do this? And then it ruins the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. Um, and I think that's the same with food. Like I get into a routine of eating the same thing every lunch. And the trouble is with me is back when I was a teenager, like I only picked the stuff that I liked to eat as opposed to the stuff that I should be eating. Yeah. So I found stuff that had a taste or a texture that I really enjoyed and because it's the only like real feedback or response my body gives to stuff is taste for me is quite a sensory thing that is a positive. It's one of my few like positive senses, Uh, but my sense of taste is one that I like Uh, and I'm a fan of things with strong flavours. Yeah. Um, That's the thing. It's, it's, It's the same with like I had a problem with coffee. Where I was drinking too many coffees a day because I like coffee as a taste. Yeah, uh, and I just you know when you start thinking oh well, I can have all the coffees I want now, <laughs> do, you do tend to literally think I'm on my tenth cup. This is like a good idea. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I it works like that for me. Is then like if I associate a food that's not very good for me as something that's something I enjoy, and it's my routine is to have that thing every day. To break out of that routine is much harder than I need to stop with this, you know. So like diet can be a big, a big issue um for people on the spectrum, I suppose, like myself, um, for that kind of thing. Uh, and there was no the only way I could the only way I got out of it of eating all the bad stuff, uh and I used to drink um not a lot, but there's certain spirits that I like the really strong flavour of, like rums and that kind of thing. They have a really strong taste. Yeah. Um, it's the same with that. I'll just keep having them. Um, because I like the, the I mean, it is quite a strong flavor. The only way I could stop all of that with the routine. And like I said, I did gain quite a lot of weight once I started being able to control my own food intake. Um, it spiraled out of control really quickly. Like I went from like, you know, average build to, to overweight in a really short time. And that, Went on until I, till I moved, till I moved to where I am now. So once I moved from where I was to here, because all my routines changed at once, yeah. like I wasn't living at home, I had to quit the job I was working in, I was now at university, I was living in a house with people that I'd never lived with, it's the first time I'd moved away from like where my family were, everything changed all at the exact same time, like everything, like it was weird. Where I lived was completely different, everywhere looked different, all the shops looked different. Yeah. All my routines were all destroyed at the same time. And then I could start building my food routine again. Uh, And I didn't know what to do initially. So I then started like looking into doing stuff. That's the only way I could have broken out of it. I feel like if I hadn't have moved, I would have just continually kept eating and eating all the things I wanted to eat like forever. Yeah. Like it would have just kept happening. Um, I still, like I said, I still have that problem now. I still get weird sensory like enjoyment from certain foods. Uh, And the sad thing is, a lot of those foods are foods that I shouldn't be eating in, like, mass amounts. Yeah. Um, But I'm always, like, saying to you, like, get them out of this room. Like, (laughs) I'll have something. And then I was like, yeah, these are too good. Get them away from me.
1: You you are definitely a... Like, you're the sort of person where if it's something you like, if we've opened the bag or packet or whatever, you don't stop. And you are quite a big uh, snacker in general. I think you... Well, not a big snacker, but you like to. I don't know if that's a sensory thing as well. You seem to like to have something to munch on. Like you'll always go and grab something. Like to be fair, you never really have anything in that's um, bad. But like, for example, goji berries, you're constantly sort of like grab a handful quite quite often, not constant, but yeah. I don't know if that's a sensory thing.
0: Um, yeah, I uh, my sensory therapist uh, said to me once that. Uh, I might get some sort of sensory enjoyment from chewing uh, in general. Um, I don't get a lot of gum, but if there is gum, I will have it. Um, but it's also to do with uh, with me when I get hungry. Um, it's harder for me to ignore it than some people can just ignore it. I know with you, you get hungry, but then you can just not eat and then it passes. Like There's yeah. times where you're working, but you're busy and you've got loads to do. And you think, I've got to eat something, but then you think, well, I've got to do this, and I've got to do this, and I've got to do this. And then you think, once these three things are done, then I'll eat. But then once you've done those three things, you're like, I'm not even hungry anymore, whatever. I'll just carry on working. Whereas for me, it's quite absorbing. So when I get hungry, uh, it kind of starts like flooding into all my thoughts. So I find it hard to concentrate on stuff when I'm hungry or I find it hard to think about stuff or talk to people or do things. It causes me to have to concentrate more to carry on doing what I'm doing because I'm hungry. It's actually the same if I need to go to the toilet or anything like that. Anything that's like a weird body reaction. Yeah. Once I get it, it becomes too distracting for me that I can't ignore it. Uh, And like if you ever talk to me when I'm really hungry, I'm quite difficult to hold a conversation with yeah, um or distant. I can get quite like agitated yeah um especially like if we want to eat and do you, you know what I mean like there's I can't make a decision on what to eat that gets worse because I just think what should I have I don't know what to have what should we have like I'm like that um and it it becomes quite absorbing for me um yeah. so it's it's something that's always been an issue you know so like I get hungry and then I'm like oh I gotta eat something, gotta yeah. eat something now uh and then like There'll be times where I'll just eat anything just for the sake of um, keeping my thoughts in check. So, like, there's a combination with me with the snacking, whereas I'll just eat something to stop hunger thoughts. Or it's because I want something sensory to chew on. So, it's it's a bit odd. You can get those, like, rubber. They're kind of like teething rings you get for um, uh, babies and stuff. But there are, like, autistic versions of the same thing um, that you just chew on it. (laughs) <laughs> when you feel a little yeah. bit agitated and it has the same effect of then not just eating constantly or overeating or do you know what i mean like it's kind of like comfort eating but it's like an autistic version of comfort eating it's to stop you from doing that because you, it's just the feeling of chewing is what you're after yeah um and obviously for a lot of people on the spectrum it's just the chewing they want um but for a lot of things to chew it you got to eat it so you know yeah yeah I know. i
1: agree um so i'm different to you i would say um in terms of sort of in terms of that i'm not a big snacker I no w- i will snack if it's offered to me and i feel like it and i want to if it's the weekend
0: <laughs> yeah you're, you're proper with your food your and diet is really regimented um you'll only eat at like Set times, like you'll eat your breakfast around this. There's like a slot. You have slots in the day. There's like a morning slot where that's where breakfast has to happen. And if it moves out of that slot, breakfast isn't happening. Uh, I think same with lunch. If you miss your lunch time, you just won't have lunch. Yeah. Uh, and with dinner, you have to have had dinner by a certain time at night. Otherwise, you feel like it's too late and you shouldn't be eating. So you don't eat. Uh, and yeah, you don't you don't snack because you don't allow there's no snacking slots for you, you don't allow yeah. uh, snacking bits. you snack occasionally, but you tend to snack either almost directly before you 're about to have a meal <laughs> or directly after you have about a meal, so it 's still within the lunch window you know
1: yeah, um I think for me it's different like I get a lot of sensory enjoyment out of food, so it's not to um like out of taste, so it's not um an issue with taste for me i same as you, I really like strong flavours. Um we have slightly different ones. There's some of them are the same, some of the strong flavours are the same. Um but like I would say your favourite of anything is ginger. Mm. Um my favourite is probably spice.
0: Spice. So what- vague.
1: Well, I, I I like things that are quite hot.
0: Yes, you do like spicy food.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm a fan of something you, that's spicy. You
0: always say you don't like spicy foods. Like when we first met, you're always going on about how you don't eat a lot of spicy food or you're not really into spicy food, but you can tolerate spicy food. But then I've seen you eat stuff that I think, how is that not like destroying your face? <laughs> Uh, and you seem fine. Or I'll eat something and think, oh, it's a bit spicy, and I'll be like to you, I'll be like this is a bit spicy, and you'll eat it and be like, there's there was no spice in that.
1: Yeah, I think I've got like I think maybe in that sense my taste buds are a bit muted because I genuinely can't taste spice a lot. Like when I say I like spicy food, and I like food that is spicy that I can taste is spicy, which we're on a different, probably a bit of a different level with that.
0: With- yeah, I I literally. I can tolerate mild spice Um, but then that is it I can't eat stuff that I just can't I can eat stuff that's spiciness is a side effect or a do you know what I mean like it's a um, it's a condition of the food I guess yeah but I can't eat stuff that's you eat it because it's spicy you know I eat stuff that just happens to be spicy because it's in its nature but stuff that's intentionally these are spicy something it's called like spicy rice or like Like if i see stuff like that i'm just like oh how spicy
1: yeah yeah i think we're we're a bit different in that sense so i do i do quite like um food that's got a bit of a kick to it um and that's probably my preferred of like all strong foods but then equally i do also really like plain food yeah um and i'll happily eat something that's quite plain and enjoy that so I, i don't think it's a
0: well you said you did that as a as a kid, so you yeah. like plain food, so like yeah, it's, it just moves on, doesn't it? Like, you still have that. It's like me and um, it's just me and like the eating too much of something because I like the taste. I've always done it, yeah. Um, it's not something that's new or has evolved with my autism, it's just one of my things. Um, like, I can eat just plain stuff without sauce as well. It's the same. Um, for me, like I say, it, it might be the chewing or might be the whatever so yeah I mean you can eat the same thing we've had I remember the first time we had a plain meal together where you made a meal but you didn't put any sauce on it and you made it just a plain meal and I remember you feeling a bit odd giving it to me because you were just like well you know I eat this sometimes and it's not really like Joey <laughs> you know, like you kind of like gave me like a weird like uh, explanation for it and I was like this is fine I eat this kind of stuff all the time I ate it and you felt a bit like oh that's interesting
1: yeah um yeah we eat quite similar foods Mm. um i think for me the best thing so i was kind of going to talk about for me um because of we eat foods differently but for me i find that my foods can have an impact on my autism in well i guess my autism i mean my mood in general but i suppose obviously being autistic your mood is linked to your autism and um I find that it, there can be a, a much different effect based on what I've eaten. Um, so I eat pretty much the same thing Monday to Friday. I'm really into nutrition. I'm sure, like, obviously it, it can be slightly subjective. It's not, com- like, a completely subjective topic, but I don't, like, people could disagree. But I, I try and definitely the foods that I eat Monday to Friday, my daily foods. I've checked, like, I check my nutrients, I make sure that I get in everything that should be in there, in In my opinion. So I, I have really researched it. I'm not just, you know, it's not just the same food for breakfast, lunch and dinner, and I'm not getting a wide variety. But I do eat the same stuff Monday to Friday for breakfast, lunch and dinner
0: Yeah, and yeah I, I do as well
1: Yeah, we, we eat very very similar, similarly so when I talk about what I eat we're, we eat pretty much the same thing now Yeah Um, But for me the foods I eat are specific to my mood because I eat things that will help my mood for loads of reasons uh, I make sure there's really easy to digest it's really easy on my stomach because i find that if i've eaten something that's not so easy to digest it could give me sensory problems because i can feel it it like if i get stomach ache or something like that that's going to cause me sensory problems and also if things are really difficult to digest it can just make you a little bit more lethargic and a bit more tired in general so i try and eat foods that will really like fuel me um and also, if I'm eating healthy, then I know it's really cheesy, but it's it's true. If you If you eat healthy, it can really help with your mood and make you feel better. And for me, if I eat quite unhealthy for several days in a row, I do start to feel a bit, I suppose, just a bit down. And then that can lead to meltdowns or stress or just different different things that affect my, my mood massively. Um, I don't really have the, the snacking problem because I'm quite rigid in my routine. Um, and as, as you said, I, I stick to quite a strict routine, um, with my, with my foods, but that also really helps me having the structure in place of eating certain foods at certain times really does help For me, um, me to sort of manage everything, I definitely, something that I used to find stressful when I was younger was not knowing what I was going to eat and when I was going to eat it. And I found that to be quite distracting and it took time out of my day where I was focusing on what I was potentially going to eat. Um, Now I do, on the weekend, I'll eat whatever, whenever really. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah it doesn't it doesn't matter to me i'll just do whatever and that's kind of my like i guess free time it it doesn't yeah i'll literally eat whatever i whatever i fancy um and i don't have set times for stuff at the weekend so i let the weekends be quite free just i guess for
0: but i think it's funny because you say you let the weekends be free but the structure and routine for the weekends is that Is that at the weekends? Like, it's funny because you say it's free and whatever, but you've made it so your routine for the weekend is to only eat, eat what you want and whenever. Yeah. But it has to stick to that.
1: Yeah. If,
0: for some reason, I tried to put a set time to have a meal at the weekends, I feel like that in itself would cause a problem.
1: Um, Potentially, yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: Because we have a set, let's not do this. Like, initially when we first started, because me and Scarlett... Like we we do the same thing at the weekend, so I'm the same I eat everything all in the week. I do the same thing where we eat anything at the weekends. Yeah. Um but moving into that transition of doing that was hard, like initially, because we started thinking of like set times and what to have or sometimes yeah. um because I bake and I cook a lot. So you still have that where you want to know like it you still want to know what we're eating, even, oh, though, you, yeah. even though you say that like, we eat whatever. It's not like we spur of the moment go, let's go get this. Oh no,
1: I plan it like on Monday. <laughs> you still pl- Yeah, on the
0: Monday before, you're still planning the meals. And if I'm cooking, you're like, what are you cooking? Uh, and if I don't know by like the Tuesday, you're just like, seriously, what are you cooking? What are you baking this weekend? What's happening? What you, what, what's going on? Like, you're always like that. You do it all the time where you just start like asking me. And it's the same even if we order food or if we go anywhere for food. You have to know...
1: What we're getting. What
0: we're getting and when we're getting it. No, maybe not so much when we're eating it.
1: No, that's... That doesn't
0: seem to happen. Like, we don't have a set time to eat it. Um, but you do have to know what we're going to eat. And like I say, I think that's a normal thing for most people on the spectrum. But, like, moving back to what you said about mood and stuff. Um, I remember when I first got diagnosed, the social worker I got assigned. She came to see me at the house I lived in. And she gave me, like, a... it was called like a what it wasn't a sensory diet that was something else it was to do with diet and she started working at like food plans because obviously when you get diagnosed when you're older I mean you've not had it but when I first got diagnosed because I was living alone uh well I wasn't living alone I was living in a house share but with people I didn't know so essentially living on my own um they like they wanted to look into like how I was handling my money. How I was hand- and food came up, so like they wanted to know like how I was handling food, and what I was eating, and how I was eating, and I was explaining to them that, I think I've mentioned before, that I didn't like to eat around people, I didn't like people seeing me eat, and I didn't like people seeing what I was cooking or eating, because I thought people would... It would say something about me. And because of like my masking and the way I want to be, I don't want people to see what I eat and that kind of stuff. Yeah. I don't mind you seeing it. And it's different when you're out in public because when you go to restaurants and stuff, everybody's doing the same thing. So it doesn't really matter. But like when you cook and do stuff, it says a lot about you as a person, like your ability to cook, what you eat, that kind of thing. I remember one time someone made a comment about how they noticed that it was a Thursday. So I must be eating this. And I was like, oh, no. (laughs) How have they realised that? And I felt like really odd about it uh, and uncomfortable then that I hid that particular item in the house so they couldn't see it, so they couldn't <laughs> figure out if I was still eating it or not because I didn't like that they'd worked out one of my things. Um, but I explained this to my social worker and she said that uh, you know, food and what you eat can affect your mood, um, even for those on the spectrum because I always feel like I'm not really that in touch with... Um, how I'm feeling or my emotions and that kind of thing. So, when people say what you eat makes you feel a certain way, I've always felt like that's nonsense because um, I don't know what I'm feeling anyway. So, how can what I eat have an effect on my mood when I don't know what my mood is? It could easily be an effect on the mood, but I'd have no idea. Yeah. But she brought a book around anyway and she said that she suggested it to loads of autistic people and it was to do with foods that would make you feel better. Like mentally. Uh, I think I mentioned it for you. The only things I can remember. And it stuck with me since then. And I've done it since she said it. So back when I was 26. uh, Was that when I got diagnosed when I was 26? I think I was 26. Um, She said that porridge was good for brain activity and energy and like that kind of thing. Um, But initially she said porridge and walnuts. And she said walnuts was good for you because uh, she said it was brain food. She said that's why they're shaped like a brain. Because they're good for the brain. Yeah. Um... And so I just had porridge and walnuts, like, every morning after she said it. So my breakfast before then... I can't I what you have for breakfast before then. Um, probably nothing or toast. Um, I changed it to porridge. And I've had porridge for breakfast since I was 26. Like, I'm 34 now. Yeah. Um, and I have had breakfast. Uh, I've had porridge for breakfast. I mean, it's got more advanced and it's, <laughs> it's more... What the porridge I have now is unrecognisable when you compare it to the porridge I had then back when I had porridge then it was initially just porridge with walnuts um, but then I started thinking like oh this is alright I guess but uh, what consistency do I want and then I started like buying like uh, like maple syrup for it because I realised that once maple syrup was in it I was like oh, actually this is pretty good because obviously maple syrup has quite a strong flavour yeah not maple syrup golden syrup yeah um, <clears throat> I never put maple syrup in my porridge um, but yeah, so I started doing stuff like that, but that was like a thing. But then I, I couldn't tell if I felt any different. Um, it's the same with, uh, I was on antidepressants for a while, uh, around the same time I got first got diagnosed because I had to wait so long before I could see groups and therapies and that kind of thing that they thought I needed. Um, cause obviously I was seeing a therapist, but I don't know, it was the, the whole shock of autism and having all your thoughts and change and stuff. They thought antidepressants would be a good idea. I always felt like they never worked. I took them for ages um, and they kept upping the dose. They kept, I mean, at some point I was taking like the dosage was really high that the doctor was like, you've taken too many of these ones on this high dosage that we're going to have to change the type of antidepressant you're taking because you shouldn't be taking any more of these ones. So they changed it to another one, but then they kept upping the dose on that one. And I couldn't feel any different, couldn't feel any different at all. Every time I took them, I was just like, these are doing nothing. I feel the same as before I took them. Um, so I just stopped taking them. Like, obviously, I, I weaned myself off. I wasn't one of those people that thought, just stop, because I remember them saying, you can't just stop. Uh, so I did like take myself down on them. Like, I started taking like one every other day and then half of one every other day and like that kind of thing. But anyway, um, so I never felt a difference with the tablets. And I always felt the same with the food element of it as yeah. well. Like, I always felt like my mood's the same regardless of what I'm eating. Um, But then, I guess for me, it's more of a physical thing. I would say I've got more energy now than I did then. Back then, I, you know, used to sleep a lot. Same with all the caffeine and coffee and like that kind of thing. Um, I used to be up to like four in the morning most nights, go to sleep and then get up at 12. Um, But I was never really convinced it was the caffeine that was making me do that. Um, because I think uh, just my thought processes at one point were mental that I wasn't sleeping. There were times where I was making myself get up at 8, even though I'd been to bed at 4, and then was still able to stay awake from 8 till 4 again. Wow. So I just thought it's the way my uh, brain works. Um, So I was looking for foods that would help calm me down, you know, like foods that are supposed to be good for maybe like anxiety or that kind of thing, and I could never really... I could never really find anything, you know. But I know that for you, um, it does work, I think, in a sense. Yeah. Um, But do you think it does work in the sense of you eat foods that are good for you and therefore you feel good? Or because your, like, obsession and thought is about, you know, eating well and, like, getting the right foods in you and getting all your vitamins and nutrients and that kind of thing that it's the more that you're doing the thing that you like and you're sticking to the routine you like that's making you feel good? Or do you genuinely feel like it's the food that's also doing that?
1: I think, um, I definitely think the food has an impact because I can eat, uh, I feel better at sort of, I can feel a difference on like Monday and Tuesday when it's been the weekend and I've eaten different foods yeah and then after a couple of days of eating my sort of standard foods again I feel better so I definitely think the food has an impact and I'm big on eating foods that give you energy and make you productive basically that's my I think yeah it's it's very important for me to make sure that I'm getting in enough calories um because I think this made it sound like I almost restrict my diet but I don't at all I'm really I guess restricting the sense of I eat quite specific foods, but I'm really big on making sure that I am eating enough food. So I eat quite a lot of calories because I am quite active. So I definitely make sure that I'm getting in a lot of food so that I'm not tired or lethargic. Mm. It's just a lot of... Yeah, so- I never
0: thought about that. Uh, yeah, the energy thing. You got a point there. Um, yeah
1: yeah um so a lot of my my weekday foods are definitely a lot of high energy foods to help with the lifestyle of being kind of active and that was another thing that I think we were going to talk about sort of um like exercise having an which is something that I think we're going to talk about in the next episode um it's just sort of how exercise also makes a big difference and we do certain exercises to sort of not tackle but to help cope with our asperger's so i think that's something that we'll definitely talk about um in detail because i think we've got kind of maybe tips as well that we can we can give people but yeah on on food i think it's i think it's really important to make sure that you're definitely getting in enough of the right foods but i know for a lot of people it's difficult um to like basically exactly what you described a lot of people that i've seen on um various pages and websites and forums talk about how they struggle to either eat a wide variety of food because they're very much sort of not stuck but very much used to eating the same foods again and again and don't want to branch out or find it really difficult to branch out yeah um Or, with what you said, it's almost like once you start, you can't stop. Um, And I don't know if that can also be a sensory thing of not recognising when you're hungry and not hungry. Um,
0: Yeah, I have actually seen somewhere that uh, it's like me in thirst. Yeah. I forget to drink all the time because I don't ever feel thirsty. Yeah. Um, Sometimes I can go like a day without drinking anything. I've been dehydrated Quite a lot of times in the past, yeah, um, because I don't recognize that I'm thirsty or I don't remember to drink, um I have to try and set like reminders to remind me to drink something, and I think for some people, it's the same with food. you can't tell when you're full, yeah, um, I have heard some other people on the spectrum say that they can't tell when they're full. I can tell when I'm full, but there's something in my brain that just says, that be all right, just keep eating, uh, you like this, you know when's the next time you're going to have it, so yeah like. I have that problem but yeah I have heard um, that some people don't know that they're full um yeah yeah, Or,
1: or I think also if you're offered some food and you don't recognize if you're hungry or not then you may take it when you're not actually hungry and your body's not doesn't actually want anything at that time um where like for me I'm Kind of the opposite. If someone offers me food and I'm not hungry, then I'm not hungry. So, like, I might try it if it's something different that I've not tried before. I might try it, but it's I'm not gonna eat a whole thing when I'm not hungry.
0: How did you get onto? Because I know there's a lot of people, like I said, that listen to this. Like it's alright, i was saying all this stuff, and like you should eat all these different foods, whatever. Because uh, you said the energy thing. That's something I've never really thought of. Is my thought processes and what I do on a daily basis does require a lot of energy. Um, yeah. And when I don't get it, it does make it harder for me. And like I say, I'm prone more to meltdowns and shutdowns and that kind of thing if I lack energy. So yeah, that's a that's a good thing. That's one thing I didn't think about, like a mental benefit. But there are physical things from food that help me. But um, obviously there's people out there that have children or themselves are the same, where they can only eat the same things over and over again. Yeah. Uh, and you were similar i guess yeah where you wouldn't try new stuff um like i've I've never had that problem um i'm not someone that has to eat the same thing over and over again um i do at the moment in the week but that's more because like you said the things i eat in the week or that we eat in the week has everything in it that i need so it's harder when you're stuck to a certain type of diet that you can't move away from because of the anxiety and that kind of thing but it's something that particularly isn't that good for you yeah. in a sense um but like yeah I, I like I said I never had the problem of having to eat the same stuff right over and over again I never had any issues with trying new foods um that was weird i had a thought then but I mean, um but there isn't yeah, yeah so
1: I so I did and but I don't was gonna say
0: how did you um how did you move on to try new stuff like do you have any like tips for people that are trying to Either get someone else to eat something different or yeah. they themselves can't move away with it because you were someone that had that same thing and you don't have that now. I can get you to eat anything. I'll yeah, give you something that you've anything. never had before and you will just give it a go. Um, but how did you move away from it?
1: So I think for me, from because I, I remember the change in me happening as well. So it, I was really, really fussy. Um, and when I was 11, I went on a school trip and it was the first time I'd been on a school trip where I had to be away from home, um, for a weekend. I think it was a weekend or a week. So it was like five days. It was like the school days, I think, or four days. So I was actually staying, um, away from home. And I'll be honest, the two months, I think it was about two months leading up to it. Maybe it was a month I was younger, so it probably felt like longer. But I was crying secretly without telling my parents almost every day where I was so worried about it. And in hindsight, now that I know that I'm autistic, it was because it was going to be a change of routine. I wasn't going to be staying in my own bed. That was my issue. I wasn't not to sound like harsh but I wasn't worried about being away from like my family or things like that I was worried about being away from my routine and I really had an issue with that um and I did express it to my parents um later on and they were a little bit annoyed this was still prior to me going but after like a couple of weeks of being really upset right um I am getting to the point I know it's fine (laughs) um But but yeah, um, I expressed it to them. They were a bit annoyed because they'd spent quite a lot of money on this trip. And they were like, just go. You've just got, like, you've got to go now. We've bought you the stuff for it. And as as terrified as it was and as horrible as it was to be that stressed, I did go on it. And the second I got to this place, I felt fine. Like, the second I was there, I was okay. Um, And it was kind of like those fears went away. But because I was staying away from home, I didn't have my food that I would usually have at home. And it was a little bit scary because like breakfast, lunch and dinner every day was I still had a choice of what I could eat, but it wasn't what I was used to eating. So I just sort of chose what I could and honestly, that trip was a big turning point for me because I tried so many new foods on it because I was almost forced to, I didn't have a choice. Um, so that was actually really, really helpful and a huge like turning point. When I came back from that trip, I remember saying to my mum, I was like, I've, I've had lasagna. And my mum was like, what? How on earth have you managed a lasagna? And I was like, yeah, I like lasagna now. You can make that for me. And like I've had chilli, so you can make chilli for me. That's fine. Um, so that was a big turning point for me. It didn't change everything, but it was definitely a way that I really started eating new things, so I would really recommend um i guess if there are opportunities like that like trips to go away, I would really recommend like encouraging your child if you if you've got like an autistic child or if you are so- someone who's autistic i'd I'd really encourage that because that really helped me a lot um and another thing that helped me a lot um I don't want to like preach it but I, I'm i vegan and I turned vegan when I was like 16, I think. Or God, I was quite, quite young um, and that really helped me. Um, one of the main reasons that helped me is because it kind of eliminated a lot of choice. So when I went to restaurants or went out for lunch, say there's only like one or two vegan options, I've got to pick one of them. So then I ended up trying a lot of new things because... It, I was limited in a way. Um, and even when I was at home, I started eating a lot more vegetables and fruit and um, I guess a, a lot more foods that I was not eating very much of before. I wasn't eating many vegetables and then all of a sudden I was eating them all the time. So that that really helped. Um, and honestly, I also think just age helps. Not I know not for everyone. I know some people it, it doesn't change, but... I think if you're really worried, but you're, you've are you got a child who's like seven or eight, and they're still being a, a fussy eater, I think you've just got to give it time. The more time you have, um, even things like when you go to, in in England, it's secondary school. I'm not sure what, what it is elsewhere, but when you go yeah, to... The high school, I think, in America. High school. Yeah, the school you go to from like 12 to 16 or 17, that that school that for me was another big turning point because I went from taking a packed lunch every day to primary school to being in secondary school and all of a sudden having this canteen and the canteen did lunch options and I could take in a packed lunch and I did still take in a packed lunch a lot of the time but sometimes my friends would want to eat from the canteen and I would go with them and then I'd find myself just buying something to try it um, because that's what they were doing and. I think yeah just with age you you start to do things because your friends are doing them and there are things that I tried just because my friends were having it for lunch so I would have it for lunch with them just because I didn't want to be different but then it opened up new things so I definitely think that has a has a big uh, like impact as well is just just really like growing up and your taste buds change as you get older mine definitely have I used to be a really sweet person and now I'm definitely more savoury. So, like, you're just going to change as you as you grow older, aren't you?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I guess that kind of works for me. I mean, in the sense of I still eat exactly the same way I used to eat. Uh, and that's I have to eat when I'm hungry. Yeah. And um, I enjoy eating certain things more than others. Uh, I think the difference being is as I've got older, I've realised that I can't binge eat the stuff that i shouldn't be binge eating uh and so i've tried to find uh healthy alternatives to the same thing but i reckon my food intake is still the same as it always was i've just swapped out things (laughs) things that are you know not as bad for me uh and it's been i suppose slightly difficult because i've tried to find things that give me the same sensory feedback as the things i was eating yeah um but I, i reckon i've substituted everything uh with something else uh like, uh, weirdly, I'm a big fan of apples. Um, you are
1: a big fan of apples. Like,
0: it's the chewing of them, the crunchiness of them, like, the taste of them. Uh, I have, like, a weird apple addiction almost. Uh, I eat, like, one to two a day, roughly, um, just because I like them so much. But, like, I get the same sensory feedback from them as I would uh, ginger biscuits. So, do yeah. you know what I mean? But, like, eat two apples or eat a pack of ginger biscuits like i've uh i've just swapped yeah. it to the apple option and that seems to that seems to work with me and even though i couldn't get over the coffee issues um i still drink a lot of coffee i would say i drink about four cups a day roughly in yeah. the week but i've swapped it out for uh there's i talked out for decaffeinated coffee and also uh i've had like several like different like plant based things that aren't even coffee but have almost the same yeah like consistency and stuff so i've just I, for me it's it's worked that way is i've i mean it's the same with everything with me and my autism with you it's i feel like your autism's more like it evolves and you learn ways to adapt it and change it to suit you whereas for me uh it's kind of the same i just kind of recognize where my autism will make me do stuff accepted it and then just substituted stuff out for things that aren't as like bad or behaviors that aren't as upsetting to other people for something else that gives me the same thing but you know doesn't have the same negative outcome i guess
1: yeah yeah definitely
0: uh that's probably it for this week yeah yes uh so next episode we were going to like I say move into the whole points of like exercise and sensory feedback and that kind of thing it's not like a health and fitness thing we're doing at the moment it's just um it's it's come up like uh, exercise in general has come up for us and it was mentioned to me by um like professional people that i saw that they said it would be useful. I know everyone says exercise is good for everyone, but uh, there's some like weird things it does for autistic people that I feel like NT people don't do it for the same reasons. Uh, so that's what we're going to do next week, possibly. Uh, we do. We did mention at the end of the last one that we do have a uh, different idea, a new idea for an episode. It's just getting the organisation to do that. So that-
1: We're hoping to do that this week. But yeah, I so- don't know if we'll play it
0: next week or if we just hang
1: on to it and play it the week after um,
0: oh, but that does mean though that we've recorded this episode and then we'll record an episode in the week and then another episode we'll do like three episodes in a row like back to back in the same week almost
1: yeah but then think week after that no episodes <laughs>
0: uh-huh. <laughs> uh, well there will be we just won't be recording yeah right? yeah <laughs> um, it's just like we're not going to post them um, so yeah that's that's it for this week uh, usual places to find us mass Asperger's on Twitter which actually has gone a bit nuts this week uh, I thought Twitter was our least um, I don't know popular or least maybe not popular but least I don't know what the word I'm looking for here. Is. I'm going to just go popular um, like method of like dealing with us or talking to us on social media but that seems to be really popular at the moment Um, Also, we're on Instagram. TheirMassBurgers on Instagram, same. We're on Facebook. There's a group on Facebook if you want to join the group. Uh, I've had a load of new members go in this week as well for that. Um, And we've got an email. uh, TheirMassBurgers is at gmail.com. If you want to just message us privately or you've got a longer topic that you think you can't put into like a Facebook message, I know it's difficult uh, when you've got loads to say. Uh, we're not as fast as getting people back on the emails, but that is purely because the email messages are much longer uh, and me and Scarlett have to uh, talk to each other about it um, as opposed to the messages and stuff. I'll just reply to them or Scarlett reply to them when she sees them. Uh, but yeah, that's it for this week. Uh, thanks again for everyone who has listened uh, and all the new people that listen to this. Thanks for listening to us. Uh, And a lot of them are now making their way through our, I guess, back catalogue of episodes. Yeah,
1: thank you everybody so much for listening. Mm. You're amazing. Bye.